Hello, this is Nilla Varman and you're listening to The Nilla Extract, the official show where I talk about pressing issues such as body acceptance, mental health, climate change, race and so much more, with some pretty cool music and some pretty cool guests too. Hello, welcome to The Nilla Extract. My name is Nilla Varman and thank you so much for being here. You know, it's nice to have my voice back almost sort of normal because this past week has been absolutely dreadful. Actually, not not totally dreadful. Um, The show was nominated for an Asian Media Award, which we didn't win, but oh my gosh, that was crazy. And I'm super, super grateful and honoured. And also, in more good news, we've been nominated for the SRA for multi- what? That didn't make sense. We've been nominated for Best Multi-Platform Initiative, which is absolutely crazy. And I'm really, really excited and honoured to be nominated again. But yeah, dreadful otherwise, because other than that, I have had the flu and I had a fever and I didn't leave bed till yesterday. So it feels really great to be back on my feet. I think I really needed the rest. Whilst I was resting though, I was doing a lot of reminiscing as I usually do. And I guess firstly, I kept thinking about this random story from when I was younger. I used to play this game in my garden on my own with a skipping rope that was kind of passed down from someone and it was a specific rope which was a neon green thing and it had light brown wooden handle bits and the whole thing gave you rope burns if you caught your leg in it when you skipped but I used to drag it around the garden pretending I had a horse and I would do imaginary races and obstacle courses with this imaginary horse that I was leading with the rope and burning my leg in the process I was just thinking about how fun that sounded compared to lying in bed and doing absolutely nothing except being sick and I was also thinking about holidays because that's where I'd rather be than lying down so I was thinking about my trip that I took earlier this year which some of you may or may not know about I went to India over the summer I don't know why I was so hesitant I was like where'd I go um I went to Chennai and uh that was really really cool I was there for a month or so and I went with my whole family I thought it'd be quite different because it had been just over three years since I visited my family in India because of the pandemic and so I was assuming that because of this pandemic you know my relatives may have re-evaluated what they prioritize for example, prioritising that someone is well and healthy and all that stuff rather than unsolicited comments. But you can't have everything. <laughs> but anyway, firstly, I was thinking about how I would tie Tesco bags that my mum brought with her to the arms of my poor best buddy, Panda, who's a teddy. And I'd throw him from the top of the landing of my grandma's house in Kanjiburam. Um in the high hopes to getting him to parachute down, but it never worked. But anyway, I was thinking that a lot would have changed in the past three years because the world has changed and people have evolved with these huge changes that we've had. But honestly, Chennai hadn't changed much. I mean, one thing that actually changed was that Chennai in general has developed so much in the last three years. It's gotten newer and better and the new government is doing a great job. The city is so much cleaner. So many people have been provided with new jobs. The streets are looking good and 
roads are being expanded in all parts of the city and in parts of the city you know that were deteriorating deteriorating yeah deteriorating after the previous political government's era they've all been painted over with these stunning murals all over the city so it looks absolutely stunning and i'm really excited um to see them developing even more with this dmk government but yes anyway back to the lack of change now within the first day that I was back in india the unsolicited comment stream started to roll in and i think during the pandemic i was living in some sort of a dream world where no one was telling me that my skin looked unattractive because it was a bit darker than it used to be and um yeah so my first day i was back and one of my relatives pointed out that all of the color had apparently gone from my skin and I no longer looked good because of it and it took me back for a second because I was like oh great I'm back but also because I don't know it had been a particularly hot summer in London out of all places I know and as you know there was a heat wave so it was really sunny and I tanned a bit and that's fine I was using sun cream and whatever but yeah I was tanned and people have things to say about it you know they 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 said I looked so different because my skin was no longer its usual bright and wonderfully light self. And they were sorry that I didn't have the same skin tone that I used to. I wasn't sorry. In fact, I was absolutely fine with having a bit of tan. I mean, don't get me wrong. This trip was so much fun and I absolutely enjoyed it and loved it so much. So, I mean, there were only two or three times where I was like, OK, everyone shut up. You know, like the time I got fat shamed at a restaurant and got compared to a bondar, which is like a large ball deep fried potato snack. And it made me never want to eat again. But, you know, well, that's another story. Another story. I think after being away from extended family for three years, I sort of had forgotten the extent at which even within minority communities, discrimination is persistent in unexpected ways. Some people confuse this for racism. But here's the thing, colorism is not racism. They're two different terms, actually. Well, it's not quite the same as racism. It's an extension of it. And it's an extricable link to both institutional and systemic racism. So you're probably wondering, Nilla, cut the crap, you tantalizing takali, which is a, a tomato in Tamil, by the way. What is colorism exactly? Let me tell you, my friend. It's the idea that lighter skin is preferred or even best within minority communities. Colorism is also common within Hollywood and the South Asian film industries alike, as I'm sure you know. It's sort of a residue of racism. A lot of the time, the actors with melanin-rich melanin skin are cast in films as main characters way less than those with lighter skin tones. Within the South Asian communities and, you know, for example, the South Indian community, I feel like it's bad enough that South Indian people are stereotyped and perceived in a certain derogatory way just because of the colour of our skin. It has long been associated with ties with the stupid and miserable caste system alongside so-called economic hierarchies and more. But it is so disappointing that these hierarchies exist within so many South Asian and other minority ethnic communities. In South Asian films, we still see lighter-skinned actresses put on brown face to portray people who are supposed to have melanin-rich skin. And, heck, even bring in a white girl from Liverpool and pretend that she's a really, really light-skinned brown person to play the leading role in most Indian films. Looking at you, Amy Jackson. 
But, you know, this is quite common in Hollywood, as I was saying. There's lots of historical characters that are played by actors in films that come out nowadays. And, you know, they're either painted to look darker or they're just replaced with people with lighter skin. And I know that a lot of research from other parts of the world kind of relate to the prejudice which is held by brown people about other brown people just because of their skin colour. I mean, unfortunately, historically, a lot of communities have held brownness, blackness and other skin tones as as bad things, as, you know, as there are a lot of connotations of being dirty or less educated that people have culturally transmitted across time within and outside their communities. Now, after a lot of backlash in 2020, Brands like L'Oreal announced that they would remove the word white and fairness and light from all of their skin products. And even the brand Fair and Lovely changed their name to something like Glow and Lovely or something I don't even know. It's it's not even worth talking about. But in a way, the cream is still there. It's still being sold on the shelves and the damage has been done. Whether it's called Fair and Lovely or Glowing and Ugly or whatever it is, it's still supposed to do the same thing. All of these so-called fairness creams have been widely marketed as a range of skin whitening products in South Asian countries and in other regions of the world. I'm not sure if you've actually watched Indian Matchmaking. This is another example which I was thinking about. I actually hate that show, but it's one of my guilty pleasures. I watch it anyway. (laughs) It's like the Kardashians. I I don't approve, but I still watch. (laughs) I was just remembering the first season. I was so annoyed by the blatant colorism that was depicted on the show and I remember it sparked significant debate after the globe-trotting Seema Taparia aka the matchmaker from Mumbai puts the men and the women with lighter skin tones on a pedestal literally championing their complexion as an obviously desirable attribute. I guess what I'm trying to say is that colorism is an incredibly complicated issue that stems not only through families, but, you know, in the makeup industry and it reflects in the way that we treat others. It's essential to not acknowledge, identify and understand it. And those are the first small steps in fighting this type of discrimination, whether you're part of the affected community or whether you want to be an ally. So with that in mind, I would love to tell you about our wonderful guest this week. Her name is Fizza and she is the founder of Brulee Beauty, which I only came across recently. Brulee Beauty makes makeup that caters towards women of colour and I think that's excellent. So Fizza's worked to create a pioneering range of cosmetics which address the unique needs of people with golden yellow undertones and honestly it's about damn time that we all have more and more brands that celebrate the various skin tones of people of colour all over the world. So here I am live at the Nilla Extract where I will try to challenge many socially pressing and relevant issues that aren't really talked about much and I'm broadcasting from home today, so please do excuse any fart noises, crinkles and pops and all that jazz in the background. And as usual, this episode will contain some good music, uncontainable weirdness, and here's a hot track that actually coincides with what I was talking about. Here is Lizzo with About Damn Time. Enjoy! Gotta go to the bathroom, so here's a long song. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed dancing to that song as much as I did because I learned the TikTok trend dance thing and it's fun, you know? So I hope you had fun too. Um, Yeah, <laughs> colorism. It's 
fun to talk about. Uh, but anyway, I am really, really excited to introduce Visa to you guys. This conversation is so, so important to have. And it's one that unfortunately will, you know, will be having for another few decades until some tangible change is created within communities of colour and within Western communities to eliminate colorism. You know, it's, it's like, I think for the first time I've been seeing some representation of South Asian people who look like me in Western media and South Asian media haven't caught up to that yet. You know, with films like Bridgerton, not films, TV shows like Bridgerton, you've got two melanin rich, dark skinned, Tamil women as the main characters. And I always say this, but it's not perfect representation, but it's a good start. It is a good start. And still we have, you know, South Asian films that have actresses who aren't even South Asian playing South Asians sometimes. And so I think we have a long way to go and conversations like this are the way to start something. So without further ado, here is the wonderful Fizza. And before I, well, before I uh, let you fall in love with her, here is another song because you know what? I really want to hear this song right now, so I'm going to put it on. And this is Antihero by Taylor Swift. Also, before I play the song, is it anti-hero? Is it anti-hero? Like, do Americans pronounce it different? I don't know. If you're American, text in and let me know. Is it anti, anti? I'm really confused, but it's from Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's. It's really good. She actually took over the top 10 the other day, which is crazy. Like, all of the top 10 is just songs from this album. Fizza, welcome to Vanilla Extract. It's so good to have you here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me. No, it's it's a pleasure. And uh, no, thank you for being here. I'm I'm good. I'm it's quite windy outside today. I don't know if it's windy where you are, but I, I really think it's so windy. Like I keep thinking I'm hearing voices all around the house, but it's just wind. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know if it's windy out here, like, um, with, I mean, it's quite dull. Uh, I'm going to be going out in a bit. So I'll, I'll figure out the wind status with but there's no weird noises in my household right now. So I'm guessing <laughs> the wind's not so bad. Yeah, I was I was peeing. And then I thought I heard a woman's voice in the house. And so I was just oh. like, Hello, is anyone here? <laughs> But, um, no, that's just creepy <laughs> I know not not the thing yeah. that you want to be hearing when you yeah. have a wee <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean there's a, I've loved your work ever since um you know I've followed your work with Brulee Beauty and it's so incredible to see a strong South Asian woman kind of you know you. having her own business and honestly like I've struggled yeah. with makeup and finding the makeup that I feel comfortable in for years and it's so wonderful to see you curating this makeup to make everyone feel inclusive tell everyone a bit more about your work well thank you first of all for your lovely words um but yeah so I created Brule Beauty about two years ago and it was um with you know I've been a makeup artist for about 10 years in the industry and I realized that there wasn't a makeup brand that catered specially to those, you know, those middle tones. So like the brown tones. I mean, yes, we have, you know, people that are making 50 shades of foundation and concealer and stuff. But when you really go to see 
and, you know, check out your shade, you know, I, I would always struggle to find the right shades. And I always mixed for myself, for my clients that were of brown skin tones. So I was like, you know what, like there's really a gap in the market and I want to like, you know, I just kind of fill it. Um, but also, you know, with, with brown people, we come with our own sets of insecurities and our own sets of issues. They might be cultural, they might be intrinsic, you know, like there's a lot of, um, stuff that we have grown up with and so with brulee beauty i was like i don't just want to you know like form a makeup brand but also something that will help empower women um, and the way we do that is by talking about topics that are very dear to my heart um, because being a south asian woman i have faced some of these issues myself yeah. Um, and then we also empower women by, you know, donating uh, a percentage of our revenue to a charity that educates women in underprivileged areas. Um, because I just feel like education is so important in opening one's mindset um, and, you know, kind of shaping society as a whole. So, yeah, so that's what uh, we're doing with Brulee Beauty. It's, we've just started two years ago, so there's a long way to go. Um, but you know, we, we've, we've come across some great people like yourself, um, <laughs> who appreciate us. And it honestly means the world because it was, it's, it's a brand with a purpose and, and we really want to spread that purpose, um, and, and word around. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, thank you for sharing that. Again, I just wanted to say how wonderful your work is. It's so pivotal, especially in this time where so many of us are wanting to see the representation that we didn't see when we were younger and be that in media or even in the makeup industry. So it is wonderful to be like, oh, so there is somewhere where I kind of can have a safe space where I can find makeup that kind of looks yeah. at my undertones or whatever it is and it is lovely yeah. and when I had a look at your page I've I was so happy to see so many brown people just on your <laughs> feed and it just made me feel so wonderful I mean you were talking about Thank these experiences you. that you've had when you were growing up and um when yeah. you know when you were younger um unfortunately as, you, as I'm sure you know colorism runs so deep in South Asian cultures as it does in many other minority communities what's been yeah. your experience with that um so my experience with are you asking me what my experience with colorism was yeah yeah so it was so growing up I was I mean it's funny because I'm a lot lighter now than I was growing up I don't know how that happened mm-hmm. um, but I guess you know as a child you're more in the sun and things like that so people would always push like fair uh, like fairness creams towards me Ugh. and they would yeah they would um, I remember in Pakistan there used to be this um, cream called Stillman's bleach cream right like literally oh bleach, bleach? yeah like bleach cream that fair and lovely and some random like asian little thing that came from china um that was also used as a fairness cream and people would make this concoction and then be like listen use it it'll be good for your skin and unfortunately like i mean you know my mother didn't have the awareness that i think we have now as this generation to be like hey back off you know what the hell so she wouldn't really stand up for me and I'm not blaming my mother by any means because you know like she had the awareness that she had at the time 
Um, but it wasn't something that was stopped um, or looked down upon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and because of that, I feel like I just grew up thinking that there's something wrong with my skin color. Um, and I remember a very pivotal moment when I was a little bit older. Um, my mom was speaking to this lady, um, this family member of ours, and she said something along the lines of, oh, you know, people want fair daughter-in-laws these days kind of insinuating that it would be hard yeah it would be hard to find me a match because I'm not quote-unquote fair um so you know these types of things really uh made me feel like I'm you know like I'm not good enough um and that there's something wrong with me so I I grew up with that, you know, and, and thank God, like, you know, I, I don't have that anymore. You know, I, I think that it's, I, I got, I got over it. Um, but I always say this to people that when people grow up with colorism, right, they don't have control over the way they look or what color they are. And they are looked down upon and made comments about, about something that they have no control over. Right. Yes, so as a child, yeah so as a child you inherit this like this feeling of not being good enough and no matter how old you get and even if you're over colorism those voices in your head it's very hard to stop them from thinking you're not good enough right so it could come out in different ways so people that have faced colorism and such as myself I may not be insecure about the way I look or what color I am today but there might be that voice in my head that's still there because that's been there since my childhood and it might come out in another way, right? It could be about something else. So colorism really hits you deep. It's not just, you know, making comments here and there. It, it, it really, it, it impacts your life in very various different ways um, throughout your life, to be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it is just heartbreaking how young people face colorism it gets ingrained almost in your psyche and as you said I think those comments never go away and it's it's just really really disappointing like even now when I go to a I guess a salon when I'm in uh, India for example like I just want to get my nails done and then people will be constantly coming up to me saying oh you should you should also consider bleaching your arms and bleaching your face and I'm like why like I, I'm just here to get oh, my wow. nails done like I'm literally just here to get my nails done you know or she'd be like are you sure you don't want to bleach your underarms and I'm like no I don't want to bleach my underarms yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bleach anywhere yeah, near my skin but it is it is awful yeah. because I mean as you said like the worst part of it all is that skin lighting products are like a multi-billion dollar cosmetic industry that distributes Absolutely. worldwide and it's Absolutely awful it is awful and I think they even recently correct me if I'm wrong but I think fair and lovely rebranded themselves but it's still a fairness cream yes exactly (laughs) I just it's so ridiculous right and people are Mm -hmm. buying into that shit I'm just like what what like what is going on it's called glow and lovely um and you know what the funny thing is right that I I know that this glow that they talk about is fairness because when, when, you know, these, these bleaching uh, creams were like, you know, forced upon me or like pushed towards me, they were, so they were said, Oh, it'll give you a glow on your face. Mm. And that glow basically means 
you're going to be fair, you know, um, because God forbid, if you're dark, you can't be glowing, you know. Um, and, and as a makeup artist, I'll tell you this, people that have lighter skin, um, you know, like it's, 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 it's harder to conceal blemishes on their skin. Whereas when you have darker skin, um, it's easier to conceal those blemishes because they kind of just blend in. So when they talk about, oh, you know, your skin will be so lovely and glowy if you're mm-hmm. fair, that's just, um, in my opinion, a bunch of BS because it's like, no, um, I know firsthand that with darker skin, it is, you you kind of, you get the impression of your skin glowing a lot more, you know, um, because those blemishes aren't as apparent. Um, and it's just, it's, again, right, like, I think all skin colors are beautiful to me personally, you could be super white or you could be super dark and it's like it's it's the person behind that skin it's 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 you you know that makes you beautiful um it's not your skin color it's not even your features it's not your weight it's not your height it's not your hair you know it's it's the person behind it and i think that a lot of people miss that boat um they they definitely judge people on on just purely their looks um, and in our society, unfortunately, their color. Um, and yeah, it's 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 really annoying. Yeah, I can agree. It's annoying. I mean, even when you were talking about, um, you know, how that awful auntie said something about, yeah. you know, people looking for fairer brides. I hate the word fairer as well. Like, I'm going to stop yeah. using that. But people yeah. without melanin rich skin, per se. Um, yeah. You know, like, even I think living in the UK, I never really thought much about colorism until I visited India or like people would call me on the phone and I'd go to you know those Asian auntie parties and whatever they are yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and my cousin was getting married and you know it was like an arranged marriage thing and they went to go see the potential bride and whatever and I was really excited to hear back about the bride because she was going to marry like my brother it was really it, you know exciting and my aunt's family came back and I was like okay so what did you think of um of this bride and like the first thing that I expect someone to say is like oh she's really lovely or you know she's very kind or whatever it is they went "Mm, she's a bit like you know darker skinned Um, (gasps) I don't know how I feel about that but she is very well educated and I'm just like man this is the 21st century do you know what? Wow. <laughs> and even before the wedding, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like my, yeah. my cousin himself has very melanin rich skin. And before wow. the wedding, they kept going like, oh, you know, brighten up your skin for the big day. And I was like, what's the point? Yeah. Like he's going to get married and he's going to like yeah. look the same as he is right now for the rest of his yeah. life with this girl. Like nothing yeah. is going to change. Do you wow. know what I mean? And it's yeah. just, it's crazy that this is happening in the 21st century. Have you oh, no, seen that? Like when you're with clients and have they, um, have you had people yeah. asking you to kind of make them look um, yes. more lighter skin toned? Yes, they have. And I just flat out say, no, I'm like, no, you're going to look gray. And that's my work. Um, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, you're going to look like an absolute idiot, you know, with a gray <laughs> face. Yeah, so, no. so many people yeah. like cement yeah. their face like at this bridal yeah. beauty salons and they look yeah. absolutely grey. Like they yeah, absolutely grey. 
Exactly. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've exhibited at some of these Asian bridal shows as well, um, where we've had a stand for Brule Beauty and people will come in and they'll be like, no, and they'll be like a legit, like a shade four, right? And they'll be like, no, we want a shade two. And I was like, no, I'm not selling you a shade two. I'm sorry, because that does not cover your circles. You know, it just literally makes you look gray. I'm not going to do that. No, but I just feel like I was like, no, no, you can feel whatever you want. But, you know, if, if it's to highlight, yes, fair enough you can get a shade to to highlight right where you know but if you're if you're getting it specifically to cover your circles then you know get the get a shade four get your shade because you know it's it's, you're just going to end up looking gray and my product is on you know the the reputation of my product is on the line um but also like one interesting thing that i also see is you know with south asian clients i mean not with you know um we have like obviously arabs and you know latina people that will buy our stuff as well and you know a lot of a lot of people um that have like brown skin tones that aren't south asian like they they're okay with whatever color you tell them that they are but the south asian ones they will send a picture right and um to shade get themselves shade matched and we'll be like you know someone from my team or i will reply and we'll be like oh you know you'd probably be a shade five or a shade four they got offended they're Mm. like what do you mean and they're like, no, we're not, you know, is that your darkest color? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, no, we're not the darkest color. And I'm just like, well, what's wrong with being the darkest color, you know? Yeah. Um, so so we, I, I still see it. I still see it. People get a little bit offended about being darker and, and having a darker shade in the concealer. And mm-hmm. they insist that, you know, no, we're the lighter one. And I'm like, well, if you'd like to buy the lighter one, that's fine. You can use it to highlight. Um, but if you want to conceal your circles, then it's definitely a shade, you know, whatever they might be. Um, but yeah, they they get offended. Yeah, I mean, it is a shame because there is, I mean, there is so much shame. Oh, my voice. Yeah. But there is so much yeah. shame associated with the color of your skin within a community that is meant to look like you and meant to yeah. have a place for you. I mean, even now, I think I, I see the effects of, I guess, stereotypes within the South Asian diaspora um, based yeah. on skin tone, you know, from my research and from personal experience alone. Um, yeah. There's been so much bias and stereotype uh, oh, if you've got melanin rich skin, if you've got darker skin tone, then you're automatically in the past, people may have been like, oh, you're a lower caste, which is something disgusting. But that still happens today. Or, you know, there's me as a South Asian, South Indian person. I've been associated with a lot of negative stereotypes just for being, I guess, a little lighter skinned than a lot of other South Asians that South Indians that this person yeah. may have encountered. And it's in- instantly associated with negative connotations and it's just it's really really upsetting you know where it's these beliefs are kind of embedded into a lot of these cultural norms where having a lighter skin tone is the rule or whatever it is and I don't know I I think I came across a picture in an article where this woman who had beautiful skin in my opinion um she had melanin rich skin she was getting ready for her wedding and it was like a before and after that her makeup artist had posted and she's literally she looks white in the next picture like she looks absolutely unrecognizable and it just makes me think like the day after the wedding all that makeup's gonna come off and you're just gonna be yourself you know what I mean? And so I think it is so important what you're doing is like encouraging people to represent themselves in the best way possible, even when they're using makeup. It's like, 
how, as you were saying earlier, like it's not like you can't be glowy just because you have a darker skin tone. But of course you can. No, that glow absolutely. doesn't come from skin color. It comes from the inner glow that you have and the product that you use and whatever that may be. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and I think with brulee, we we're here to not like completely change the way you look, you know? So we're actually educating girls about the right colors to use for themselves as well right so Mm -hmm. you know if you don't have very bad circles then you know yes you can go a shade lighter in your concealer um and you know and kind of highlight that area but if you have dark circles then you might need to go a shade darker than your skin tone to hide those circles right because then that doesn't um the skin color underneath your your eyes is a bit darker than your cheek color so you know you'd put a concealer that conceals that rather than your cheek color so you'd go a shade darker you know and that boggles people's mind they're like no but we're light we're like a let's say a shade three and I'm like look I'm a shade three um if I you know if 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 you were to put the concealer on my cheek I would be a shade three But because my circles are a shade darker than my skin color, I'd have to put a shade four, you know? So that Mm. sort of education as well is just not, it hasn't been done before, right? Because we've always had to mix and match shades. Um, We've had to use what's in the market. So we don't like, and no brand has ever taken out the time to educate people that have, you know, melanin rich skin about the issues that, you know, that that might come up with, you know, the discoloration that we might face, how do we cover it? How do we tackle it? You know, and our products, you know, have ingredients that will also help tackle those issues, you know, so if, if you're using our product, it's kind of like skincare as well. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 brands don't do that. And, and we care about, you know, all the issues that come with our, you know, melanin rich skin. Um, and I think that it's very important to educate people of our skin tones, because unfortunately, you see too many of us going around with gray faces. And it's not a good look, you know? (laughs) No, no, it's definitely not a good look. And I think all of us have such beautiful skin. And I think that's what you're trying to do with your movements and your campaigns. And that's what I'm trying to do is just like empower people knowing that there is a place for them and their skin tone, whatever that may be. And you don't have to look a certain way or a certain criteria. Like I recently directed a photo shoot maybe a month month or so ago and it went incredibly well. I'm so happy with the way it came out and so many people had such positive responses to it but whilst I was doing the casting process for it I made it an open casting so anyone from anywhere in London as long as you're South Asian could come and take part in the shoot and that's the way I wanted it to be I just wanted to be normal everyday people whoever you are just had to be interested in the shoot and um, a couple of people signed up um, asking me messaging me being like hey I think I'm gonna drop out of the shoot and I was like oh why and they were like I don't think I match what you're going for and I was like and what am I going for and they were like and they were like I I don't think I'm melanin rich enough to be in your shoe I think someone else could better you know someone else could replace me and flow better with the concept and I was like there is no criteria like the whole point is like brown is it different shades it doesn't have to be oh you're more brown than the other (laughs) it's not just a skin tone it's an identity and so I I don't even remember if that person did not end up coming because of like clashing things but like I just I I felt a bit 
shocked really that like yeah people were still asking this um well we get messages as well about hey you know you guys talk about colorism your founder talks about colorism but she's not that dark and I'm like mm. all right then thanks you know um like now you're gonna like reverse colorism me like I guess you know like <laughs> what like well, like, how dark do you need to be to talk about colorism? And just because, you know, you may not think I'm dark enough, in your opinion, um, to have faced colorism. How do you know what my journey has been like and what I've been through, you know? Um, so it's, it's you get all sorts of people. And it's unfortunate because, you know, it's not coming from a bad place. It's just coming from a place of either unawareness or because they're frustrated with the things that they've seen and been told their whole lives, you know? So I don't even judge these people, to be honest. It's just, it's sad. It's it's honestly just sad when you get these types of messages as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is a good time to maybe take a little break. And um, I asked you yeah. before we started the show, if you'd like to pick a song that uh, maybe an earworm, something that you'd like to play on the show. Okay, so this there's this song that I always listen to. It's like my happy song. It's called Alan, and it's by this band called West. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited to hear it. I'm going to see you after the break. Sure. <laughs> Somebody, somebody, because 
And we're back with the lovely Fizza. She is so wonderful. And I was just telling her how lovely her voice is. Like, I was just listening to it for so long. Couldn't even reply because I was just like, oh, my God, it's so relaxing to listen to. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an international accent. It's not American Uh, because I grew up in Dubai. So um, we I was telling Nila this, that it's either a pseudo British or a pseudo American, that it's not quite there but sort of there. Um, so yeah, but it, it gets me good attention. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love it. So thank you. you know thank you so much. Um, <laughs> speaking mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, did you say international or intercontinental? I don't know what I heard. In- international. I don't know why hotel. I thought intercontinental. <laughs> not the hotel. Yeah, not the hotel. Speaking yeah. of international, this is a really bad segue um so we were talking about colorism and beauty standards um Fizza, do you think that eurocentric beauty standards were kind of forced upon you at all during your childhood or even now um I think I being born and brought up in the UK in a way like I never really thought about it until I went to an Indian international school where people were just people can be mean um yeah I never I never realized how ingrained these beauty standards are have you experienced anything like that before um I think so I think that um are you talking about like how the media represents um beauty standards as well yeah I mean of course the media does represent people who are brown in various ways and we can delve into that too I'm happy to do that yeah, I think that it it was a very common beauty standard of, you know, a, a typically, you know, beautiful Pakistani girl would be, um, you know, lighter skin toned, you know, darker hair, you know, slim. Um, and and uh, yeah, I, I think that was the, the, the base beauty standard growing up for me. Um, and I had a cousin that fit that standard. Um, and she was looked upon as the 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 prettier cousin because mm-hmm. you know she fit that and I didn't so yeah it was it's we definitely did have a standard growing up yeah I mean definitely in the media as well firstly that sucks by the way but uh secondly <laughs> because you're gorgeous um secondly <laughs> I think I, I do agree like with the media even within the South Asian film industry you know we have people using in a way brown face like to play various yeah. characters when they could just get an actor or an actress yeah. who has um, melanin rich skin it's interesting yeah. because in the Tamil uh, cinema industry which is um the south indian well where i come yeah. from um we have a lot of um male actors who are melanin rich in their skin tone yeah. But it's always like the the heroine who has to be like really light skinned, so yes. light that a white person from Liverpool also yeah. pretends to be <laughs> an Asian person in the film industry at the moment. And people yeah. are like, oh, my God, she's like Indian. I'm like, nope, she's from Liverpool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no names said there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think it, it does really negatively impact self-esteem and it causes a lot of prejudice yeah. and a lot of self I guess criticism yeah. do you think you ever felt that way when you saw people being represented uh in, on the big screen uh absolutely I think uh 100% because you idolize these people right like even in let's say like Bollywood movies and and you look at them and you're like oh my god I want to be just like them right yeah but 
you're not like them because you are darker, you know, and, um, and, and you're right, even South Indian, by the way, Nila, I'm my, so my parents' families migrated from India, um, post-partition, and mm. so my dad's side of the family is actually South Indian. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we have that in common. So oh, my, my God, amazing. Yeah, so my granddad, from my dad's side, my dada was from Madras. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, and my daddy, my grandma, was from Bangalore. Wow. So, yeah, so I'm ha- I have South Indian blood in me as well, um, which probably explains, you know, and, and, and oh God, such stories come up. My mom's side of the family, they're from the, you know, the northern part of India. Mm-hmm. And um, the north and the south have this thing where the northern people kind of look down on the southern people. I don't know if you've experienced oh, that. Oh, but- absolutely. Like, yeah. I've, uh, oof, yeah. I could talk about that for hours, but go on. Yeah. So they would just kind of make fun of me and be like, oh, my God, you're from South India because, you know, my dad's family is from there. And I would hate it. I would actually like growing up when I was telling people that I used to be ashamed about telling people that, you know, my my um, grandparents migrated from India because for the sole reason of telling people that my dad's family was from the south of India. Um, and now when, you know, when people ask about my heritage and, you know, they talk about like the roots and stuff. I will now say first that, you know, like, oh, my dad's side of the family is from South India. My mom's side is from the North. Whereas it was always the other way around. I would say, yeah, mom, my mom's from the North and then kind of slip it in very quickly that my dad's from the South, you know? And as mm-hmm. soon as someone would hear that, they'd be like, oh, really? Okay, that kind of explains your color or something. People would say harsh things like that. Yeah, me. that's what I meant about those stereotypes. It's just, it's so yeah. irritating. And I think, oh my gosh I could rant about it for hours the amount of like discrimination you face within the Asian South Asian diaspora just because you're from South India like oh it's exhausting I'm sorry you've experienced that too like yeah very annoying to hear Mm. exactly so when you see that in media right it's you see those actresses and they're gorgeous, but they're a lot lighter than you, you know? Um, and so, yeah, 100%, that does contribute to your self-esteem. Um, and, and it's not in a good way. So it's it, it's pretty shitty. Yeah, I agree. It is pretty shitty. Now, Fizza, unfortunately, we haven't got much time left. So we're going to do this new thing, which I haven't actually done on the show before. So you're my first okay. victim, per se. And there's just right. a couple of quick fire questions. So answer as quickly as you can, but however you want to answer them no pressure (laughs) so the first question is what's one thing that you will you wow I already messed that up so (laughs) (laughs) Um, what's one thing you wish you were asked about more um I wish I was asked about my journey more Mm -hmm. okay I like it and uh since I don't know if you noticed the name of the show is vanilla extract so it's kind of a pun on vanilla extract because sometimes white people and even Indian people and other brown people can't pronounce my name so I tell them it's like vanilla without that um which is absolutely fine but anyway if there was a flavor or an extract of a thing that summarized you as a person when you were younger which one would it be caramel Ooh, I like it (laughs) <laughs> and uh, if there was a flavor or an extract of a thing that summarized you as a person as you are now, which one would that be? Um, it would still be caramel, but with, you know, those pieces of like toffee, like the crunchiness. So 
there's more yeah there's more there's more flavor and depth to it now <laughs> I like it I like that one. Oh, well, <laughs> thank I don't you. know what I'm comparing it to but I like that <laughs> thank you I hope I hope like you know I, I since I am the first uh, guest on your show that's doing this I hope like I I'm always memorable my answers are always memorable oh girl you set a standard so you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah other guests better watch out at this point I know right absolutely yeah. <laughs> Firza, it was an incredible honor to have you on the show thank you so much yeah. for being here and I'm sure I'll have you on again and um absolutely we're gonna work together very soon so we're yes. to come yes really excited thank you so much for having me and what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal oh uh, and I said this to you before and I'll say it to you again I'm super proud of you and everything that you have achieved at such a young age um, and what you're doing is just incredible so super proud of you and really really happy to know you and to be working with you soon Oh my goodness, girl, you're making me very blushy right now. <laughs> Thank you. That's very sweet of you. Thank you for your warm words. Um, well, yeah, bye-bye then. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Vanilla Extract. You can find this episode anytime you want on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all your major podcast streaming websites. You can find these in the link in my Instagram bio at Vanilla Extract. And you can just Google them too if you wanted to. A massive thank you to our wonderful guest who came onto the show today. I hope you learned something because I certainly did. And thank you to Rob. For-